What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind, broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Cosmic, Cosmic Radio. Twisted Soul. Futuristica Radio. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned in to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. My name's Imran. Thank you very much for your time and your company for the show today. We have an excellent episode. Before we jump in, however, a quick uh, reminder that the Blue in Green podcast runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio, the online internet radio station that uh, broadcasts from London and is incredibly fortunate to be hosting shows from across the world. All of us uh, committed to uh, celebrating contemporary funk, soul, jazz uh, and Latin music and hip hop. And it's just an absolute joy uh, to kind of be able to present these wonderful shows with this immeasurably talented uh, group of people who kind of uh, are as enthusiastic about music as as as, as I am, so uh, this podcast runs in conjunction with that. Please, please, please check us out at blueingreenradio.com, where you can find our radio stream as well as uh, the full backlist catalogue of our podcast episodes. And today's uh, podcast is really, really exciting. Uh, We're talking to Justin the Stylist, uh, Bay Area DJ, selector, and uh, well, above all, he's he's a music fan first, and uh, I think that's really what people respond to uh, more than anything. He just, um, he puts nothing but positive energy kind of out there uh, as a devoted music fan and kind of a champion of the independent Uh, so it's a real pleasure to talk to Justin uh, for the episode today I've really wanted to have this conversation for a really long time Uh, turns out all I need to do was ask (laughs) so um, I really hope we'll be able to kind of connect again for future episodes and um, yeah the episode today is really just about just two music enthusiasts just kind of just hanging out and that's really what makes a really really great episode so i'm very very uh indebted uh to him for his time it it was a really cool chat and uh, as i say i very much hope we'll be able to do it again um regular listeners of the podcast will uh, know by now that we feature two songs per episode the guest in this case justin will pick the closing number for the episode but i have the uh, luxury of picking the opening number uh, as i said to justin in the conversation he's put me on to so much more uh music and it's just again his his selections are incredible um uh, one of the foremost names i would suggest uh, for for picking up new music and one of the wonderful projects he has uh, put me on to is uh, what will be my opening pick and I'm going to pronounce everything wrong and I apologise in advance uh, the project, the uh, the group beg your pardon, is I think it's pronounced Triatoriat I may have over pronounced it but I've never heard it said um, they're a uh, a German jazz trio, they have a wonderful album out called, again I can't even get this one right, I think it's Algo it's ALG0 um, so I would uh, honestly implore you to check this project out at, on Bandcamp it is uh, a wonderful wonderful piece of work and I'm going to play uh, as I say this is one of the many projects that I've got from Justin uh, but this is sort of usually the, the foremost one that I think of, so I'm going to pick 
uh, Seven Marmalade, which is uh, one of the tracks from the album. Uh, it's a great introduction to kind of Justin, I think, as well. So following this song, we'll go straight in and uh, get to hang out with Justin himself. So uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Once again, please check us out at blueingreenradio.com. And uh, very much hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks again. Yeah, I'm in. I'm actually in Las Vegas this week um, at my oh, parents' really? place. And the, the funny thing is, the the weather here is actually the same as the Bay Area right now. Usually, <laughs> it, you know, you know, it's known for being a desert, so it's going to be super hot. But it's, it, I feel like I brought the Bay Area with me because the weather is exactly <laughs> the same. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> That's so cool. You 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 said your folks live in Vegas. Yeah, my parents bought a retirement home here. Amazing. And, um, Sometimes I come back and forth, you know, just to spend a week or whatever. 
I've never been to Vegas. Is it very much as is depicted through film and television? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Everything really? that you see on TV, it's it's is pretty much what you get here. Um, wow. Although there there is a bit of a good arts culture here. You know, they do have a First Friday event that they do, um, where they have a bunch of artists, and you know, a lot of the arts get showcased, and mm. it's like an outdoor thing. Um, which I want to check out, but because of COVID, I can't really do that right now. But of course. You know, once all the COVID stuff clears up, definitely going to check that out. But yeah, there there is culture here. It's just you, you kind of have to find it. But otherwise, yeah, you, you know, everything that you see on TV and movies <laughs> is pretty much what you will get in Vegas when you come here. <laughs> you know, there definitely is a community that's growing, um, especially among the retirement community, um, because right. it's cheaper to live here. You know, you don't, wow. the taxes are, are less, the houses are much cheaper and they're bigger. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, it's definitely your destination for retirees for sure. And that's why my parents are here now. Amazing. That's so cool. How, how different is it from uh, like you live in Bay Area? So how, how long have you lived there your whole life or? Pretty much my whole life. I mean, wow. I did live in London for a brief period. I didn't um, know that. That's cool. Whereabouts were you in London? I was in kind of in um, Stepney, which is near Bethel Green. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And Amazing, yeah. man, that was some of the best times of my life. And, oh, um, wow. You know, I might, I'm thinking about making my way back out there. You know, I, I, I am looking to move out of the U.S. at some point, but I'm still trying oh, wow. to decide where, where I want to go. I think London. Why do you want to leave the U.S.? I'm just, I'm ready for something new, right. you know, and, you know, it's just, I don't know, I've been here all my life and I'm, I, I want some new challenges and new experiences and, mm. Yeah, I feel like the U.S. is, I feel like I've pretty much done everything I wanted to do out here already. Right. And I know different, living in different countries, oh man, it's just so, it's fun and there's, it's challenging and, and I'm totally up to that and I want to do, I want to, I'm ready to, to, to do stuff like that now, so. Amazing. What what was your, how long were you in London for How and how long ago was it? Not that long. I was there for about seven months. I had... I had a work visa that was six months long, but I was there for a little longer. Um, and this was back in 2015. Okay, um, not that for long ago. So, I mean, I wish I'd known you then because we could have been yeah, dude. <laughs> but, um But, hey, I mean, maybe someday I might I might actually end up back there, but I guess we'll see yeah. how things go. That would be amazing. Yeah, it would be awesome to, to actually meet you. I mean, you're you're kind of a, an internet hero of mine. And I've kind of <laughs> wanted, to, I wanted to reach out to you for the longest time, but I always got to get it right. I'm like, how, how should we say this? What should we, what should we, what should we suggest? Or how, how can I, you know, kind of make waves sort of thing? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got this, this thing. Let's, let's, you know, what cooler person to get on there and just to pick his brains about music and sure, uh, yeah. your experiences in music and um uh, you know, you're a, it's such a champion of independent music and, and everything like that. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's, you know, just sort of having connected with you sort of, uh, sort of, I say briefly, but through, just through Facebook and stuff like that. It's just yeah. the amount, you, you know, you're obviously impacting my bank balance significantly. <laughs> <laughs> Too many I'm Japanese purchases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too many Japanese purchases from Roth Records and oh, uh, all kinds of, um, uh, that, that I can never remember the name of them, but tri- that, um, European jazz band tri- Triotat, that that album Al- right. Algo A L G and then it's zero. What yes. a masterpiece of a record! But yeah, I you know you're you're really hurting my bank balance, so I should put a bill your way <laughs> sometime. <laughs> you know what's funny is like um, I used to tell Kev Beetle this all the time too. Like you know I always blame him for because I have to spend so much money because I always discover so much stuff, stuff through him. Yeah, 
and he he would, he would say, um, you know, I I load the gun, you pull the trigger, or something. Like that. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, I guess. Absolving right. himself of all blame. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's, I love to spread the knowledge and, and, yeah. you know, I, I, I mean, that's what I love to do. It's what I'm passionate about. Yeah. Um, but if it's affecting your bank account, hey, I'm sorry <laughs> about that. I mean, <laughs> no, it's a joy every time though. Cause yeah, it's like uh, just from the Facebook group or, or it, honestly, I, I hand on heart, I say this, but sometimes I'll be like, hmm, I, you know, I need something, you know, a little bit different or something, I, I, you know, something without all the past connections i've already got you know in terms of yeah. you know if you within the same record label or you want to go right. something new and then i'll yeah. i'll go to your page you know and yeah. i'll be like what's what's justin listening to and it's like jeez <laughs> wow or your yeah. band camp purchase list you know it's like yeah god i don't know how you're it's insane man it's yeah. just the band camp is pretty much taken over my life it's just yeah. uh <laughs> well I, you know i have like I know how you you had a show with Rui before and you, yeah, you yeah. posts, right? Yeah, for me it's it's pretty much the same thing. Although I don't post as much as Rui, but the God, the spending on on, on music has been bad. I think yeah, maybe I, it's because of COVID. I'm not sure, but man, it's or it's or it's just the the amount of good stuff coming out. But mm-hmm. it's just man, I just can't I can't say no if the music is good. I have to support it. So yeah. I don't know how Rui does it. I mean, I know he, the the amount he buys and vinyl, obviously, as well. And it's like, how, where do you put this? How are you affording this? It's it's kind of incredible the amount that he buys. Are you you're a vinyl guy as well, right? I am a vinyl guy. I, I do both vinyl and digital. Um, right. But these days, I'm really into jazz vinyl. I'm big time into jazz vinyl and really really we're trying to wrap up my collection. Wow, from uh, from contemporary stuff, from classic, older stuff, both. Where where are you at? So my main focus is right now is jazz funk. You know, mid seventies, late seventies, wow. um, jazz dance, like the the Dingwall stuff, and then spiritual jazz. I mean, those are the three that I'm really honing in on. Those are the three genres that I just I'm just I've just fallen in love with over the past few years. Mm. And um, you know, as a selector, I've definitely had my phases of music that I've. Um, honed in on and right now for me it's jazz big time um Mm. it's it's just really you know it's it's kept my passion alive for music um and that's kind of why i wanted to create the group the facebook group yeah is to you know not just post my discoveries but you know see other people's discoveries and their shows and what they're doing and, and kind of create a community from that yeah and it's been great you know the feedback's been been amazing People have been loving what I'm doing with it. Um, yeah, it's a joy to be I, on that page. Yeah, yeah. I just want to keep it going. Um, although I do keep it a bit private, you know, I'm not. I'm trying to keep the quality of the posts and, and the people coming in there. You know, making sure that we're all on the same page as far as our passion and, and right. knowledge and and what we share is all good. And you know, yeah, the so questionnaire, I, 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 the fifty question questionnaire I had to fill out was a bit obsessive, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 50 questions three minute time limit go <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know you gotta be gotta make sure you pass the test before you get in <laughs> i know you're obviously very passionate about say contemporary jazz sure. uh as well and the stuff that's coming out right now i mean what are you what are your kind of your thoughts on what what you're what you're kind of discovering because you are getting some fantastic stuff you're really discovering yeah. some wonderful wonderful music 
Sure. What What are your kind of? Do you have thoughts about contemporary jazz and how it's kind of presented at the moment? Is it? Are you gravitating? I know. Again, you're a UK jazz fan as well. Exactly. Uh, they're yeah. doing insanely great things, insane, yes. incredible things over here, which is just it's just bewildering. It's just sort of sprung up from seemingly nothing. It was just yeah. and then overnight yeah. there was this incredible community of freakishly young i say that with all respect yes. um yes. and just boundlessly talented people who just continue to grow and it's a, yeah. a list that continues to expand yeah. uh and everyone seems to be sticking around the multiple releases look at nobby garcia she's yeah. the queen of the of the lot you know a yeah. record for you from a south london girl to have a record on concord jazz yeah Ooh, what a yeah. what an absolute uh gem that is but well, yeah what are your thoughts on kind of where you're getting stuff from or where, what what area inspires you or anything like that oh my god um i mean it's you know for me it's always been the uk ever since i would say the broken beat days you know and the new jazz i mean you know a lot of the selectors in in the uk were champion i mean they it broken beat came from the uk and mm. you know from there it's i've really I, i've always felt like jazz was a foundation for my selections and you know the type of music that I look for um and you know I started really getting into jazz especially new jazz broken beat uh, a little bit late in in I guess in its life cycle probably around the mid 2000s right but you know once I discover it I was all over it um and jazz has always been i think from then from then on it's always been a, a, a strong part of my selection mm. um and so you know i would say from the mid 2000s i've always kind of been paying attention to what's happening in jazz um even if i was you know maybe more into house at that time in my life jazz was always kind of in the background you know it was, it was always in the back of my mind okay what's going on um and you know it definitely had for me it, it had its height you know definitely with the new jazz stuff um you know early mid 2000s and then and then i guess there was a lot of stuff that came out that was off my radar but then i would say in recently maybe in the past you know five six years um jazz has come back big time and i've definitely noticed that and and i think you know i it, it's it's caused me to convert all my attention to jazz from that point on so Nowadays, man, I am just big time in the jazz. It's the, the music coming out is so good. You know, I can't, I can't, I really can't pay attention to anything else right now because this is where I am. <laughs> yeah. man, it's just, it's good. The stuff coming out is ridiculous. Like yeah. the amount of stuff, like, you know, you, like, like just recently, you know, the Feral Sanders floating points, Gosh, you know, yeah. the new Kaidi, um, the it's just it's insane man it's insane yeah. just how much stuff is coming out and it's it's hard to keep up to be honest yeah <laughs> it's yeah, like a full-time really job yeah <laughs> it, it's literally because you know i'm already so busy at work and then after work is my second job which is you know um trying to feed my obsession with music and, and jazz <laughs> up a lot of that time man it's but at the end of the day i love it i love it yeah. it's it, it's what keeps me going you know yeah the discovery the moment you discover something it's like the it's it's like a drug it's a high that you know it's just you can't that you can't be it's just i just love it too much so yeah the way i feel about things i feel great i mean you know it's and i don't you know a lot of music scenes come and go but man it's right now it's 
it's jazz's time, but who knows how long it's going to last. But at, in, regardless, I'm going to try to enjoy this as much as I can. Yeah. I, I look at it very much as like, I remember like being a fan of like hip hop in the nineties and so yeah. much of what was, it was, it was what was really exciting from the music I was listening to back then was that it was like a genre that was kind of discovering itself at the, in that moment. Um, and I obviously had been around so obviously since like the yeah, early 80s and stuff. But yep. so much of 90s, it's really crossing over. It's starting to incorporate all these different sounds and work with all these different artists and all these crossover from rock and uh, Ozzy Osbourne and Buster Rhymes and Puffy mm. and Jimmy Page. Mm. And, you know, you've got the rise of Diller and Tribe Called Quest. And, and, and so much of it was this discovery you know um and it yeah. was like a genre that was discovering itself and i look at jazz now mm. in that same excitement of like oh my gosh what is this person doing and you know yeah. the, the kind of the eclecticism of what falls under the umbrella of jazz yeah. is just mind-blowing and you can it's get a, records that are worlds apart but they're yes. both jazz you know yes and I, that's the most exciting thing where all these elements of electronica kind of permeating into into their music or they can go like uh, classic or spiritual, as you say, jazz dance, yeah. all under the umbrella of jazz. It's just boundless excitement with what people are able to do with it. Yeah, it's really beautiful to see, you know, you, you know, you talk about hip hop and, you know, like, like the 90s, especially the early 90s, the golden era, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a bit of a resurgence of a golden era in jazz. I mean, mm. it's there's just so much innovation, reinvention going on right now, and it's really made the music very exciting to listen to. And the whole scene is—it's been a joy. It, it really has, you know. Yeah. Like I went to We Out Here Festival a couple of years ago. Mm. I mean, I mean that was had to be my favorite one. And I've been I've been to a, a good handful of festivals in Europe and. Man, you know, Gary Bart's headlining. Like, how do you do that? It's just amazing. It was just, wow. Yeah. Couldn't be happier with, with that festival. So hopefully I can make it this year. I guess we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's right. They're, pu they're pushing ahead now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It could be uh, amazing if, it, if it's able to happen. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully I can get a ticket because I know they sold out. So. Oh, right. Yeah. Gosh, I know. With that, you know. But even the fact that, that look how popular it is, it's incredible. And I, I think from a UK perspective, that UK jazz and stuff like that is at that level. It's insane. It's a beautiful thing to see, man. It's great. Yeah. It's a great time to be alive and, and be able to live through this through this time in music right now. Yeah. So how, how far back does your music fandom go? Like where, you know, what were those sort of, were you always just gravitating to music? Did you grow up in a household where your folks were yes. constantly playing stuff? Absolutely. Yeah, my parents, my mom came from a musical family from the Philippines. My my oh, grandfather was a band leader in the Philippines amazing. who taught his children um, different instruments to play, whether it's a violin, flute, um, the um, piano, you know, so so my mom definitely came from from a musical background and that kind of came to me. Um, so I know how to play the piano. I played that for oh, cool. about four years. I played the saxophone for six years. Wow. I was actually in the jazz band back when I was in middle school, when I was like 14 years old. Um, so yeah, music has always been in the blood. You know, it's definitely a family thing. And um, But as far as, you know, selecting and, and, and searching for stuff, I would say that was probably in high school is when I got into underground hip hop, you know, back in the early to mid 90s. Um, and that's kind of what started the habit of me digging, um, 
And yeah, I just haven't stopped since then. It's just been an obsession for me. Mm. I just love to look for stuff and I love to discover stuff. How come, so do you, do you not play anymore or? As far as instruments, not really. I haven't touched my saxophone probably in, I don't know, over 10 years. Piano, I play every once in a while. Um, you know, I'll buy a random, like I, I bought a Stevie Wonder book of all of his songs a while back and I was trying to learn some of the songs on that. Um, but it's been a while since I've actually touched the instruments. Um, you know, the main focus is really around the digging and the DJing and, and, and all in that whole, that whole art form. So mm. how do you kind of that, you know, you've said like the word discovery and digging, uh, like how do you kind of, it's, it's really exciting to, I suppose there's, there is a, its own art form. It's sort of the, the notion of online digging. You know, the, the fact that discovery, you know, obviously years ago, 20, 30 uh, plus years ago, you, you know, mm-hmm. digging involved sifting through records in a in a secondhand music store yes. <laughs> or, you know, and, right. and stuff like that. And now you can just through through the, you know, the other end of a computer screen, you can discover jazz in Germany, uh, funk, yeah. in, you know, in uh, in London and yep. just discover music just like that. And it's kind of like digging is its own art form uh, online uh now the yes. way you can just discover so much music i mean what, what is that kind of that discovery process for you oh my goodness um <laughs> it's, you know i mean back in the day it was all about digging in the crates now it's all about digging in your emails digging through blogs digging through soundcloud you know it's it's mm. there's just so many different sources to, to turn to um for me man my routine i i Usually every day I spend at least an hour just going through stuff. Um, wow. And that doesn't include listening to podcasts and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I do listen. I do have my regulars that I follow every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I pretty much the majority of the day I'm listening to something, you know. And it's always going to be something that I, I haven't discovered yet. Um, but I would say normal sources for me these days are definitely Bandcamp. You know, of course, I get all the emails and all of that. I get too many emails, but I try to get to all of them as much as I can. Um, you know, also social media, seeing what other people are posting and what people are up to, yeah. um, going through that. Um, you know, there's a, there's there's some amazing groups on on um, social media as well. Like like uh, there's a soul gliding group on Facebook, which I'm not sure if you heard of that, but uh, Rainer Truby put out a compilation called soul gliding and there's actually a group and it's really good. Some of the posts there are amazing. Um, so there's that as well. So yeah, it's just everywhere, man. And SoundCloud, I, I do, I do go on there a lot to, to, uh, you know, daily just to see what people are posting there. Um, so I, I turn it all different types of sources and I, I spend at least an hour per day just looking for stuff. Um, it's part of my, part of my routine. So you're right about those Bandcamp emails. I mean, it's, when it's Bandcamp yeah. Friday, oh my it's, gosh, it's the bad. emails from everyone, like, ah, yeah. it's too much. <laughs> it's, it's really guilt-ridden, isn't it? But it's it's a good problem to have, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it never hurts to have more music than less music, right? Yeah, I, I kind of, I keep wanting to make a calendar. I don't know if, how far in advance Bandcamp released their Bandcamp Fridays, but it always feels like, don't buy until Bandcamp Friday and then like scoop yes. everything and help, help artists out and stuff like that, you know? So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, a lot of times I, I, 
I need to have it right away. So I just like, I'm just going to buy it now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like usually the week of Bandcamp Friday, I'll just put everything in my wish list and then buy, buy, buy it on that day. Amazing. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. I, it, I just, I cannot um, appreciate so much like what Bandcamp has done for music and, and for music lovers. I, I, it's just, it's, it's been amazing. Yeah, Bandcamp in of its in of itself is a fantastic site, and obviously the way that they've kind of uh, introduced the concept of Bandcamp Friday as a regular uh, yeah. uh, event now, you know, yeah. uh, in the sort of in the calendar to kind of help uh, independent artists is is was a is a genius move, and it's it's obviously Absolutely. been incredibly successful for artists as well as Bandcamp. I'd, uh, I'd say, I mean. Obviously, they did that as a response to uh, uh, the the COVID, the impact of COVID and coronavirus yep. on the world, and artists not being able to go out and perform and uh, and get kind of money for their their music and through normal channels. I mean, right. I, I mean, how how have how has that kind of period? What as a as a music fan, how have you kind of looked at that? I I heard uh, I don't know if I was surprised by this, but I heard today there was a, a video on Financial Times that said last year in the states was mm. a record high for uh, music sales uh, yeah. in in the states, and I I don't know if that's surprised me or not because in a way the notion was everyone's at home and what else what else can you do but shop online Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but then obviously with a huge amount of job security being questioned for people so you've kind of figured well people aren't doing it but 80 percent of revenue from that record high was down to streaming I gotta see that article. You gotta send me that. Yeah, yeah, I'll send it. Yeah, it was, it was on the the Financial Times. I saw it today. It was like a twenty five minute like video. Okay. But uh, they talked to people from BMI and various record labels, Kevin Lyles and and mm. various others. But eighty percent of that revenue was from streaming, which is that's incredibly high. That's insane. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it, I, I would say COVID has a part in that for sure. Yeah. But and then at the same time, I think COVID, and I mean this is probably unfortunate, but I you know if, you know the best music does come from people living through troubled times, right? Right, right. And you know a lot of good stuff is coming out now, but man, I bet you in the next few years, mm. stuff that's going to come out is just going to be crazy. Mm. Um, unfortunately, at the expense of tragedy, but yeah, you know I guess that's just the way it works with music yeah. sometimes, you know. It's kind of cool though getting to when you see the new projects come out and then you you hear about artists that basically scramble together in an incredibly short time to record something because mm. of restrictions being lifted for however short a period it was going to be and yeah uh, and things like that so you're right there, there's an, a huge amount of music that's been created from from this kind of the, the, these these bizarre extraordinary kind of situations that everyone's sort of found themselves in um like how how do i mean is Obviously, the music industry has had to adapt in a, a significant way uh, as a For result. Sure. Was there anything you missed? Anything that was cancelled from from your end over the last year? Did you have tickets to uh, to anything? Or I had some talking? big trips lined up, especially oh, right. for, for Japan. Um, oh wow! I was I was going to go back. Uh, man, if you've ever been to Japan to go digging, dude. <laughs> I have been to Japan. It wasn't as a fan of music. I think it went back to like 2006, 
seven when I was okay. there, and it's it's reintroduced itself on the bucket list because it's been so long. But oh my uh, goodness, magical yeah. place! But yeah, you've been as a you've been as a, as a fan. You've been for for digging and purposes, right? Absolutely, yeah. So I've been three well, times. Um, but wow. yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 heaven, man. It's like being in Disneyland, uh, <laughs> or, or a jazz lover. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had trips. Usually, the trips that I take are are, are are music focused, right? Whether it's I'm going for a festival or I'm going to go digging or whatever. Um, so I, I I was so Japan was definitely in the books for last year. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, and I was probably going to go back to Europe again. Um, but yeah, I mean, once this COVID thing is over, straight back on a plane. I'm going to go digging. I'm going to go traveling. <laughs> I really want to check out Australia and then their music scene. I've been hearing really good things about that. Melbourne, yes. Um, Melbourne for sure. You know, I did see something about um, the the house producer Zephyr Saint moving out there because the talent was so good, and he went he moved wow. out there to scout talent. Really? Wow! I don't know how often that happens from for, <laughs> you know for like someone that like a, he's I believe he's from London, but you know he decided that hey you know there's 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 this amazing amount of talent out there. I'm gonna move out there. I'm like wow okay. So I've, there is no so my curiosity to be up, about Melbourne is definitely at it pretty much at a high i really want to check out that scene and what that's like um but yeah i mean dude we can i can talk about traveling all day (laughs) because that's a huge part of my life you know those are things i love to do Uh, we can talk about japan as i love japan i'd love to yeah i mean where about whereabouts did you go in japan yeah so i've been been? so obviously tokyo kyoto osaka are the three main ones Mm -hmm. um i do want to check out sapporo Fukuoka, um, you know, because I, I heard about Precious Hall, and I, I believe it's in Sapporo. I heard good things about that. I want to see what that's all about. Um, and you know, there's so many things in Japan that I mm. that I still want to do. You know, even though I've already been there, you know, like three times and done a lot of stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool things there, especially you know with the whole jazz cafe scene and all of that. And I know yeah. that's starting. I know the world is starting to take notice of that. So. You know, um, man, that whole culture of the jazz cafe and a listening bar. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't know if you've been, but man. No, no. Again, yeah. I, I, I really would love to ask. I was, I was fascinated with your experiences in Japan because I know you've been. And um, yeah. I, 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 again, more specifically, I knew you had been as a as a music fan to kind of sure. experience Japan in that context. But I went in again in 2007 um, and we had a great time. It was Tokyo, Kyoto, Niigata uh, nice. we went to. And um but it wasn't from you know from a music say perspective it was my wife and i and we uh we had just come actually funny enough from the 10 days from the philippines oh um, okay. and yeah because my wife's um she's born in london but her family from the philippines so oh, uh yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, just outside of manila so um yeah, yeah i've been there I've uh, been there twice now to the yeah to the philippines which is awesome amazing. man yeah that's that, those are my roots man yeah yeah have you been do you get to go back much have you been I've been a couple times in, in the last decade. Um, last time I was there, I think it was 2017 for Christmas and New Year's. Oh, wow. What's it like? Oh, yeah. My wife, uh, Lisa's always talking about it at Christmas and being a, a yeah. magical kind of it's period. Insane. Time. Yeah, they, yeah, they go crazy dur- over Christmas time. I think they start putting Christmas decorations as early as like July. <laughs> 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 no. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, There's no joke in the Philippines, man. It's it's <laughs> they, they go all out and they celebrate early. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a fun time. If you if you've never experienced Christmas in the Philippines, try to plan it and try to check it yeah. out. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, wow. no, I, I haven't. I think she she was last there for like probably like two thousand and two, I think. Oh, it was a while uh, back. Okay. Yeah, so she's not been uh, for Christmas. Obviously, we've been together like twice. Yes, twice since okay. then. But um, yeah, it's it's it is incredible out there. It really, really is. Wow, um, so that's it's a pretty epic trip. Then, so you did Philippines, you said for yeah. ten days, and then Japan, Japan for uh, yeah, Hong Kong two days in between, and then oh, ten nice. days to, to that. So it was just like it was a three week uh, trip, a uh, one and only time we've ever done anything as I don't know what's the word uh, ambitious mm-hmm. <laughs> or adventurous as that. But it would be that would be a dream, kind of to, to do that again would be incredible. But uh, you should, yeah. yeah, we really should, really, really yeah. should. It'd be. Um, could be amazing again japan in particular sort of reinserted itself on my kind of bucket list it's just been so long and i'd i'd love to kind of experience it again uh to be honest it's pretty incredible the listening bars is that whole that whole thing like when i went to my first one game over man i was just like (laughs) what the hell is this you know and ever since then i've just been completely obsessed with them and um i that's one of the first things i want to do when i go back to japan is you know, do do all of the listening bars that I want to go to. Amazing. Because they are some of the most amazing places on the planet. Really, really cool for, wow. for music lovers. Highly recommend. Yeah, I'd love to, yeah. And yeah. Uh, having the appreciation for Japan only, Japan only uh, releases as well. I'd Chums. love to, to sort of scoop yes. up a bit as opposed to having paying the tax and the post. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot of those records are expensive, yeah. you know? City pop records so expensive. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. So. It really is. Yeah, but uh, again, it's not. It's the best thing in the world when you're holding it in your hands. And yes. how much? Don't don't worry about that. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, this is why we can't travel there. You keep there you buying. <laughs> yeah, you you only live once, man. Just gotta yeah. got just gotta enjoy. Gotta enjoy. Yeah. yeah. When did you start uh, DJing? When did that become something that you were? So back in 1998, that's when I started. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So I've been doing it for what, 21 years. Um, the way I got into it was my cousin moved in with us. He So he was a DJ from um, Taipei. He moved in with us and he said, hey, check this out. And he had a VHS tape of uh, DMC, you know, the DMC battles. All oh, right, cool. He put it on. And it was my first time I ever saw DJ Qbert. I was like, who the hell is DJ Qbert? <laughs> so, you know, I got to see DJ Qbert battle. From there, I was absolutely obsessed and I wanted to be DJ Qbert. <laughs> so that same year I bought turntables, my first setup. And, you know, was really into the hip hop already at that time. And and that's what introduced me to the whole DJ turntableist culture and all of that. And so I was mm-hmm. doing a lot of that in my early years of DJing, you know, trying, you know, just working on my scratching and and all of that um and then but it wasn't until later that i got into digging like like hardcore digging um maybe like five 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 or six years after after you know doing the whole hip-hop culture turntable this thing right. and you know from then on i wanted to devote my energy to music discovery um as a dj as a selector like it wasn't really about you know rocking parties and playing gigs it was more about 
Okay, what? Okay. There's a really deep rabbit hole. How how deep can I go? And I decided I want to go deep. I want to go to the rabbit hole and go deep. And that's and and my and my whole mentality and energy t- towards DJing changed, you know, during that time. And I would say I would have to blame someone like Giles Peterson for that because once I started listening to his show, I was like, okay, cool. This is okay. This is what I want to do now. So. Yeah, I would say Giles Peterson was a huge, huge influence on me on, yeah. on my solid DJing as as it is today, for sure. Mm. So when you, what kind of places would you initially when you started? Whereabouts were you were you playing out? Yeah, so mainly around uh, the Bay Area, obviously. Um, some of my first gigs were in the city, on um, you know playing all vinyl, obviously at that time, um, and playing club tunes, you know. A lot of it was top 40 at first, you know, mm-hmm. this is before I really got into to, to being more of a selector than, than kind of a party rocker. Um, but, you know, San Jose, Oakland and San Francisco really were the ma- three main cities. Um, the three cities are pretty close together. Um, so, you know, I would do these just random gigs of, you know, mainly just rocking parties during that time. And then after that, you know, I discovered the whole worldwide thing with Giles and that just completely changed my, my mentality, my approach and, and everything as far as DJing and the whole art and how I see it. So, Were you ever playing stuff that the crowd necessarily went, may have, maybe not ready for? Not early on. Early on, I was more into the crowd pleaser stuff. Yeah. And then when I got into the deeper stuff, Oh my God. I don't know how many dance floors I've cleared, <laughs> you know, but, but that's, yeah. that's fun of it. That's, 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 you know, it's, I feel like the best DJs are the ones that don't, that, that don't play it safe, you know, yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's high risk, high reward, right? It's, yes. it's either you will empty out the, the, the dance floor or, or they will, they will go crazy and they'll love you for it, you know? So it's, so I, you know, I've definitely had those nights where, okay, I'm going to try this tonight. And then, okay, maybe it didn't work that night. And then I try something else. And then, and it was a smashing success. That's, that's one of the things I love about playing out. Um, so yeah, it's, I would say later on when I try to get a little bit more experimental with my sets is when, you know, I started kind of, you know, taking that mentality of no longer playing it safe and, you know, trying different things on a dance floor. And, you know, when, when it works, it works well, when it doesn't, that's fine. You, there, there'll be other gigs. It's okay. You can experiment. (laughs) It's funny. I've, I've, uh, my similar experiences would be with internet radio chat rooms. So when I started radio, it would be, uh on you know predominantly r&b and hip-hop stations and you know people you know it's sort of you've got to tailor it i guess back you know if you're playing on someone else's station they yeah, have an audience sure. yeah. and uh i would arrogantly again due to <laughs> thank you giles peterson um <laughs> because giles gets to do what he wants to do and he has an audience that appreciates that because that he's already giles peterson, he's, right? yes he's gone through all of that yeah. so when i started radio it's kind of like you know the guy before me's played little wayne and then i'm like okay here's roy hargrove <laughs> 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 Oh and, yeah and i'll clear i'll clear a, a chat room easily like oh my goodness. kind of like you guys just don't get it do you um, but it's kind of... <laughs> you know i i used i 
I was really bad about that back then. I was like, you're going to, you have to listen to this or else. Exactly. Yeah. But you can't, but when you, but it doesn't, that's not how it works with the dance floor. And especially with people who aren't familiar with you. Yeah. You know, you, you, you do have to kind of, you know, read the room, pay attention to the, to the party that you're playing at. You know, it's not do whatever you want. You know, you do have to tailor um, but also try to incorporate your own flavor to it as well and see what works. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, I used to be really greedy about that. I'm like, you know what, dude, I don't care. I'm going to play my shit. I don't care, dude. Yeah. But no, it doesn't work that way. And, and, and I've learned that over the years. Um, you, you, you have to go with what works. Um, and, and unless you're Giles Peterson, you really can't do that. You yeah. do have to kind of, you know, work, work the room properly um, and once, once you gain their trust, then, then, yeah, then, then maybe you can, you can experiment a bit, but you know, there is kind of a fine line that you have to, you have to be mindful of when you're, when you're doing stuff like that. Um, and that's, Absolutely, that's yeah. learn that, you know, I mean, you know, as DJs, we all want to kind of say, fuck it. I want to just, I just want to do whatever I want to do, but you know, if, you know, for paid gigs and stuff, you do have to kind of pay yeah. to, to stuff like that. So it is it's exactly that and i I suppose that the fun of it becomes when you get people to respond to something if you play at the right time after the right thing you get them kind of what's this but if you had opened your set with it you wouldn't have got that response right you know what i mean and giles again is someone he can play roy hargrove he can play matthew horsell but he could play pharrell and n-e-r-d and it's you look at that and you're like well he can do that i can do that but it's not (laughs) it is not how it goes at all how it works man (laughs) yeah it's such a it's such a balancing act it takes well excuse me it doesn't take it takes different people everyone different but it took me years mm. to really kind of figure out your own voice basically i'm for just sure. i'm trying to be giles for years yeah um, but it's that yeah it takes you a long time so you were never like like you ever take a, something like that personally when people aren't responding to kind of what you're passionate about Are you ever kind of like ah oh, you know this is this is starting to get get to me or was it a case of no i'm i'm happy as hell right now you know i, I would i would say when I was younger, definitely, I was like, yeah, you guys need to be up on this. You should be listening to this right now. And like, why aren't you guys, you know, into it? But, mm-hmm. but you know, after a while, it, that's not how it works. You know, people yeah. have their own tastes in music and you kind of have to respect that as well. Yeah. Um, you can't impose your selection on, on other people. That's, that's one thing I've definitely learned, you know, so you, you kind of have to work with people. Um unless it's a crowd that you you already know it's your crowd then you're good right. but you know you're you're coming to a place where let's say a venue you haven't played yet or the first time you're playing for these promoters you you, you kind of have to play the field a bit and, and kind of you know use your sixth sense and and know what works and what doesn't work you can't just can't just like just do what you want to do it unfortunately it's- but you know it's fine it, it, it's it's part of the game and it's, it's a skill that you, you develop over, over the years. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the last year or plus a year, you know, 13, 14 months, I mean, I guessing you've not been able to, to kind of play out at all. Or is that no, I mean, I've, I've recorded guest sets, you know, mm-hmm. for, um, for certain, certain stations online. I've done a few uh, live streams. Um, but at the end of the day, I really do like playing for, 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 for an actual dance floor. That's just, that's the best. That's the most fun yeah. I ever 
have normally. Mm-hmm. Although I do like putting together mixes as well. You know, there's a whole other aspect in the art to doing that um, yeah. that I enjoy. Um, but yeah, I definitely miss. I miss not just DJing, but also listening to other DJs and seeing what they're doing. I miss doing that, you know, mm-hmm. hearing other people's selections that, you know, over a really good sound system. I, those are the things that I miss. Oh my God. I can't wait till that. Comes <laughs> out. Oh, how, are, <laughs> how are things in the States at the moment? I mean, how far away is that as a, as a likelihood for, for things to kind of get back to being able, you being able to do that again? Yeah, it's getting better. It's getting better. Um, and I I would say um, California is looking really good. You know, we are starting to open stuff up soon. I think in here in Las Vegas, I, I heard that they're going to fully open everything by June, I think. So that's so it's yeah. So certain certain areas in the U.S. are starting to come back to normal, which is which is great. Um, you know, a lot of people are getting vaccinated. I actually was able to finally schedule my first vaccine appointment for Monday. Oh, cool. Excellent. So, so by June time, I should be fully vaccinated. So I'm really excited. Um, yeah, this summer is going to be fun, dude. I cannot wait. Oh, fingers crossed. Are right, hungry yeah. to go out. You know, <laughs> the parties are going to be in, you know, the events, there's going to be so much going on. Yeah. I feel, and it's going to be, it's going to be a good summer. I think, I hope. We'll see how yeah. that goes. It's just how have you found that year though, just sort of uh being under that kind of quarantine and you know, is it has it been difficult? I guess it has. You obviously you said you like to travel and you had stuff planned. Yeah, for sure. And so it's been you found it challenging, I guess. It's been I mean, for maybe the first few months I was okay. But then you start getting cabin fever and it's yeah. like, Okay, you, this is getting old now. I'm I'm ready to go out. <laughs> and but the good thing about it is that it's it's given me more time to dig. <laughs> then the bad thing about it is that I'm spending more money, right? But you're saving like more at the same time, right? Kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a catch twenty two, but if but if anything that's that's come out of this whole COVID, you know, I I definitely was able to discover a lot more music um, mm. than if it was under normal circumstances. I feel, um, you know, I feel like my my record collection has been growing at a much faster rate than it would have under normal. Well, actually, no, I'm not sure. It would probably still be the same, but definitely, you know, all this free time, you know, it's not, it's not just led me to discovering music, but it's also led me to, to building relationships with people, with other music lovers like you, Imran. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it it led me to to create the group, the jazz group that I have. And I, I've built relationships off of that, which is great. So yeah, I mean, there is there are good things that have come out of it, um, but I don't know I'm I'm so ready to travel and yeah and start playing out again. I'm so did you so ready? <laughs> did you have a regular gig uh, like a like a place you were performing at before this, or is it just sort of gigs? Yeah, well? so I, I I did have two jazz monthlies in Oakland that oh, I was nice. doing. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do them again, though, after COVID. I, I guess we'll see. I'll have to talk to the, the guys, the, the, uh, the owners. But, but yeah, I was, I was really like right before COVID, I was really trying to, um, I guess, contribute or, or help the jazz scene grow in the Bay Area. 
um, you know, with, with my events and just networking with, with certain people. Um, so that my goal was to, you know, just to make jazz bigger. And, and I, I do want to continue that work once COVID is done, whether it's through events or through, through whatever ideas I have, but, you know, I definitely want to, want to get back in on that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose thinking about it and obviously having talked to you now, I'm kind of surprised that you're sort of, you know, not, I guess, running events and stuff like that. I mean, you're so like passionate about it and you, that's true. Your ability yeah. to kind of make connections uh, is, is incredible. Just watching you kind of online and watching the, that, uh, the community grow and the way, you know, you know, the uh, sort of, the amount of people that you kind of managed to connect with and again form those relationships yeah i'm surprised i'm surprised you're not kind of hosting and running your own events i think you'd, you'd excel at it dude i'm surprised as well you know with 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 all this stuff that i come across i mean ideally at the very least i should have my own radio show or something like that but the thing <laughs> is like so i know so many people that already do the same you know have their own shows so it's like man you know i already discovered enough music through them and it's I don't know. I feel like I don't want to add to it. You know, I, I feel like there's, we have so much already, um, but I don't know, maybe at least locally in my area, maybe I can help get more people, you know, into, into the music. Cause I feel like it's not as strong as I'd like it to be out here in the Bay area. Um, mm -hmm. So I've been, you know, I've been trying to find ideas on how to, how to expand the scene out here. You know, I, I, man, it's, but it's tough. It's, you know, trying to build a scene in any city. Yeah. Um, never that, you know, that, that doesn't have a, a large scene already. It's, it's, it's one of the hardest things to do. So still trying to wrap my head around it. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I guess if an idea pops up in my head then I'll do something, sure. but I mean, I do, I do like playing out and I do like um, being featured on shows, you know, recording for them and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know what it'll take for me to, to, to be, to do my own show. Um, but as far as like local events, yeah, I definitely want to do local events. Um, I, I do have an idea for something that I want to do. I mean, I, there is something in um, Australia where they're doing like all hi-fi audio, uh, all vinyl uh, event. Mm. Um, and it looks really cool. And, you know, I'd like to see something like that in the Bay area as well. I, I don't think anyone has ever brought their hi-fi like speakers and and um, amps and all of that to an actual place, you know, and 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 advertise it as like a hi-fi all vinyl type of event. So that's one of the ideas I had. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I don't have that with anything. I, mean, I, I I've had conversations with a couple of people about it. I don't. I mean, I don't know if we can make it happen, but that's one thing I'd like to see is you know, doing all hi-fi, all vinyl, doing like jazz vinyl, house vinyl, disco boogie, you know, a type of event that's, that does that. Cause I, I don't, cause I have, as, as long as I've lived in the, in the Bay area, I've never seen that. Um, I've never seen anyone do that. Um, what is the music scene kind of there? Like what, what, you know, what do people tend to gravitate towards? What's sort of, what's a popular thing out there? Man, you know, I don't even know anymore, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and I think maybe it's because I'm older. You know, I'm a, I'm in my early 40s now. Mm. Um, but I know there are certain events like 
I heard of this event called Smart Bomb in Oakland, which is big, kind of like a, I guess it's like a future beat type of thing. Right. Um, but I don't know if it's my, if, if it's, you know, me and my age group getting older or what, but, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what, what the climate is musically in the Bay area right now. It's, right. it's kind of hard to put a finger on it. Um, 10 years ago, definitely no, you know, you, you had a couple of events that were really, um, prolific. Um, there was this one called a sweater funk. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but yeah. it's basically a collective of DJs who are big, big time boogie, um, disco vinyl diggers. And, you know, they, they pretty much put boogie on the map. I, th- I feel in the Bay area and, you know, I feel like if you talk to anyone, especially if you're in San Francisco, um, a lot of them seem to be in, into uh, boogie music. And I would say that's because of Sweater Funk. I, I think they they really put that on the map. And that this was probably about, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years ago is when they started out. So that was a huge thing that was going on. And then another one is called The People Party or The People in Oakland. And that was probably one of the most influential parties, at least for me. Unfortunately, it's not going on anymore, but man, just some of the, the people that they brought out to that event, um, they brought out Kev Beetle. They flew him out. Wow. Amazing. And they had him play. Yeah. They, they had him. They've had guys like um, Sinbad, Pevin Everett. Amazing. Um, just, just ridiculous, you know, lineups. The, 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 the guests that they've had have been really, really amazing. And yeah, it, but as far as nowadays i'm not really sure i don't have my finger on that pulse um and maybe it's because because we've all gotten older mm-hmm. and maybe the younger generation would know but um you know i kind of stay in my own lane and at the end of the day i just want to see more more of a jazz you know more of a jazz presence in the bay area i want to see more yeah. people that are into the new the newer stuff you know i want to i want to mm-hmm. get that to uh to expand a little bit more Jazz is all about presentation, really, isn't it? I think it's a very uh, intimidating genre of music to to jump into. I think there's a lot of preconceived notions about what it is and long trumpet solos. And, you know, you kind of think, you know, it's difficult to kind of get your head around. But like we said earlier in the conversation, I think there are so many entry points for jazz. Um, For me, it was hip hop that, you know, when you kind of discover that everything you're listening to in the 90s uh, is so sample led, uh, Pete Rock, Dilla, you know, Mad Lib. And you're kind of like, oh, this is this. These aren't originals. This is this. This is this. Donald Byrd, etc. Etc. And you kind of build, you know, your affections through that. And I, I, yeah, I always say that about jazz. That in that it's really about finding your way in, and everyone's is going to be different. And uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's all about presentation. And I think there's a, a great contemporary spin on it that people would embrace. But as you say, it's about making that you know presenting it to them and and finding the right ways of doing so yeah that is that is the hard that is a challenging part of it i mean i I do love that you know in the uk the whole new wave of jazz happening right now is a lot of it is young musicians right yeah and that means younger people are going to follow it and so there you go boom you have a scene already 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 set up and probably going to be good for the next 10 20 years you know um so how do you do that in a city that doesn't really have that culture though? That's, that's a challenging part. Um, yeah. I mean, but you know, pre 
those guys pre this incredible contingent, uh, I would have thought we didn't have it, (laughs) (laughs) which is the the weirdest thing. Um, But then, as I said, you know, these these young kids sort of just came out of college and boom, (laughs) they they just managed to create this from seemingly nothing. Um, But I guess having, you know, I think that Giles Peterson entry point is, is, you know, uh, being a flag waver that that he was. And I think being that inspiration for people to kind of almost try things a little bit different. Uh, Yeah. But it's, uh, you could be that for the Bay Area. How awesome. Oh, God. (laughs) It's funny. Like people have told me that I'm like the Filipino Giles or the Filipino Benji B. (laughs) Like, man, I don't know, man. It's just so hard in the U.S. to be... I think it's maybe it's because of just the music culture in general in the U.S. today. You know, it's very different. People mm-hmm. get their music from, you know, we don't have a BBC radio out here. So, you know, we don't really have government funded arts right. um, out here. So it's very, it's very challenging to get, you know, something like jazz music to be popular in, in, the, in our country. Um, you know, it's something I wish we had, but you know, we do, we do what we can do with, with what we have. So, you know, even if the scene is small, it, at least we have something, but yeah. to, to make it as large and, and universal, that's the challenging part. How do you do that? Um, yeah. Especially with a, with a huge country like the U S I mean, yeah, geez. I just feel like, you know, the UK has just really been the leader right now for all for really innovative and you know some of the best music coming out. Amazing. Which is my opinion, but mm. you know, that's I've always looked up to the UK, especially nowadays, um, with what with where music is and what what's really happening. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, I I try to do what I can to to get that awareness out here, and you know, I guess I'll just keep working at it, and hopefully, I'll find something that sticks, and maybe it'll grow from there. Yeah, it's, you know, timing, I think, is in life is everything. And uh, uh, I suppose if if it's, you know, you're looking for sort of the right project, I, I'd like to think that that's going to happen for you at the right time. But I mm-hmm. uh, it certainly, it's certainly true for me. And I imagine as, you know, the people that you've, you've cited that kind of reference you and those Benji B, Giles Peterson things. But, dude, I think you could do anything. Uh, and it's just a matter of time for you to figure out what that best thing would be. But uh but yeah, I think you've you've already made a huge impact, even just sort of online. To be honest, you know, like I said, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the stuff that you've kind of got me into, you've created this like this this community uh, uh, online, and you know, loads of everyone knows you. It's crazy, and well, uh, I it's guess awesome. when, when you have all that free time because of COVID, <laughs> what else are you going to do? <laughs> you know, so at least something came out of this, right? Yeah, but I suppose in a way, you've proved you can kind of do it. I suppose, do you know what I mean? That's just from behind the screen. I guess uh, so. I guess so. It just, it's, it's just hard. It, yeah, it's yeah, different. Yeah. Online is, is easier because you have people from all over the world. I know, it's crazy. Doing. Whereas from a local perspective, mm. you know, it's how do you get, I don't know, maybe it's partnering with the right people or I don't know, but it, it's, it still proves to be a challenge for me. It's how do I how do I get this music and this scene to grow out here? It's so hard, but Hey, I'm not going to give up. I love it too much. And I'm going to keep go. doing, doing what I'm doing. So there you go. Awesome. I've, I've, I've taken up a huge amount of your time. 
um i really hope i've really enjoyed this i i really hope you'll it'll be you hope you enjoyed it i hope you'll be cool to kind of uh come back again sometime we can I've had a great time man this awesome, has been dude. That's i love awesome. talking music i can talk all day let's go <laughs> <laughs> don't mind at all man that's awesome i'm gonna have to prep a whole new angle for us next time I'm, yeah i'm super excited i'm gonna hold you to it and i think it's probably sooner rather than later i'll be hitting you up for uh another chat if you're cool for it so well hey imran i i you know i i do am trying to be out in the in europe by august hopefully for awesome. we out here if not you know i do have the time um my time off from work to to go somewhere in august and it might be it might be in europe um if i do end up coming out to london let's have a drink and let's chat Dude, let's absolutely uh, you know would love to have a beer or whatever get go to a pub and just just talk music all day we can totally down to do that so definitely or grab a gig somewhere even better now there you go hey. <laughs> that would be awesome oh, no i'll bring my, my usbs now not the records but i'll bring the usbs and the, you know <laughs> CDs and let's let's get down <laughs> awesome uh, well, yeah i would be an honor if you did dude i really really would so thank you so much uh, we, we talked about, I mentioned earlier, I, I know you, you've already told me what it is, but we talked about closing song uh, that we feature as something of a tradition on these podcast episodes um, for, for, you, for you to kind of send people home super happy. So uh, may I ask if you had a moment to pick a closing song for, uh, for our episode today? Yes. So I believe I'm going to go with um, The Awakening. And... The track is called Brand New Feeling. It's on the Black Jazz label. It's one of my all-time favorite records. Jazz funk, sound that I love. I love the roads. Um, and this is my tune for closing, and I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you so much, Imran, for having me. And uh, cannot wait to do this again, man. Thank you.